Good morning, everybody. Almost lost that microphone. How many of you know we just built this new building? We can't afford to be breaking stuff on day one. So good to be together. What an exciting day. Come on, we're here in person gathering. Awesome. I was asking people, I said, if, you're been, if you've been watching on live stream, what I want to know is, does the camera add 10 pounds or take it away, right? I, I hope it added 10 and now I look skinny and handsome in person, but I, I don't know about that. But man, what a great day, exciting day, joyful day to be together. So good to see you guys. I, I recognize some of you from your eyes up. Other people, I didn't know who you were, if I'd ever seen you before in church, you know, with masks on, but we're excited even to be uh, here today gathering in our new building uh, I just want to just for one second, we j- I want to thank those. There was a, a group of people. There's too many to name uh, individually, but the people that were here serving sacrificially here hour after hour, day after day, building, cleaning, knocking stuff down, constructing. How many of you know this, is, this didn't happen by accident? We didn't pray. Jesus gave us the building and then popped out of nowhere and just was here. No, it actually required some effort. So let's just thank the team, everyone that was sacrificing in here. Thank you, guys. So good. Real quick, I, I would like to introduce you if you haven't met them. My parents, Pastor Stephen Kim Schmelzer from Joy Medford. Do you guys want to stand up? There are uh, sending, sending Church, and they planted Joy Medford in 1982, and somehow they held it together for two years until I was born in 84. That's when it started to really grow. Yeah, that's when it. Uh, no, in all seriousness, we're just so, it's an honor for us to have them here, not just because we love them as parents and family and uh, free babysitting for the grandkids. Those are all benefits, but these are our apostles, our bishops, you can, whatever kind of fancy religious title you want to slap on, it fits. Uh, and, and we're so appreciative to have them here today. Man, it's so good to be together with all of you. Wonderful day here uh, in our new building. But this is a place that is built with purpose not just to make us more comfortable, but to make us more effective. How many of you know we, we couldn't get more comfortable than movie theater chairs, right? <laughs> These are nice chairs. They've only been rumped one time. You're the second rumpers, right? Because we had one service before. But so your chair's only been rumped one time, and you get to be part of the first rumping of these chairs. Isn't that awesome? But we, we, we couldn't get more comfortable chairs in the movie theater. We didn't build this building to be more comfortable. We didn't build this so we could put our name on a plaque, put our name on a chair, live here 50 years and then die. That's not why we built this place. This place was built for the mission and vision of Jesus to bring joy to the city. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? We believe that, that from day one as a church, we were never gonna be about building a building. People would come to me and say, Pastor Jake, you know, we're meeting in our living room, we're meeting at Hilliard Community Center, we're meeting at the theater. When are we going to get a building? What's the plan to get a building? We say, well, a building is great. It's a, it's a tool. Uh, when we feel like having a building will make us more effective in making disciples, when we, have, when we believe that God opens that door and it will actually help our mission and vision proceed further on, that's when we'll get a building. And praise God, that day is here, right? We believe that, that God gave us this this building for a purpose, to help us make disciples and bring joy to the city. So over the next couple of weeks and today, we're going to talk about who we are as a church, why we exist, and what God has called us to do in the city of Eugene and Springfield. Amen? Good stuff. Our mission statement, which is written down here, you probably can't see it, but at the very bottom of this banner is to love God, love people, and make disciples. How many of you feel like you get behind that, right? We, this comes right from the scriptures, loving God, loving people, 
Somebody said, Jesus, what are the great, what's the greatest commandment? He said, well, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. How many of you go, yes, that's good? And he said, but wait, there's a second that's like it, to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So that's the love God and the love people part. And then at the, in Matthew, uh, at the end of the book of Matthew, he talks about the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. That's our mission as a church right from the scriptures. And that's the purpose that we built this building for. You know, this building is not just a temple, it's a tool. You see, a temple is a place that people go to worship God, right? And that's what we're doing today. We're honoring God, we're worshiping God, we're loving God. But that's not the only purpose of this building. It's not just this temple dedicated to God. We come, we worship, and it sits empty and desolate throughout the week. Eh, Wrong. We built this building as a tool to make a difference in the city, to bring joy, to spread the gospel, to make disciples, to reach people. Come on. God has placed us here. That's what this building is about. Not just a temple. It's a tool. We're going to worship God here. We're going to have parties in the Holy Spirit. Yes, but it's a place where people can come and experience the life-changing power of the gospel lived out in community. You know, earlier today, uh, at first service, a family came in and they had some really cute little girls. I don't know how old they were, like four or five years old, probably like close to our daughter Penny's age. And they had their cute little curls and everything. And I, I got down, I said, hey, you guys, are you excited to be here today? And they're kind of scared because I'm a scary big man. But, you know, they're like, yeah. And I said, hey, look over here to the corner. We're in that big room. I said, you know, we're going to build a big inside playground in here. And they're like, really? Yeah. You know why I was casting vision to those girls? Because everybody else gave all their money to the building project. We have to go to the next generation, right, for fundraising. (laughs) So I said, and that's why you got to start a lemonade stand. And here's a marketing plan for that to help you. And then, and then you've heard about tithing, right? Okay. No, I'm kidding. But, but I was saying, hey, this is what we're all about. This is, this is a place where we created this place, where we're building this place for purpose to reach people. We are the city on a hill. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said this. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That's the white hot why of this place and what we're doing here and what we're about to be that city on a hill. I think it's awesome that not only are we in the middle of our, of our towns, Eugene and Springfield, we're right here in the middle, right by the freeway, but we're also right on I-5 in the middle of hundreds of thousands of people that every day drive by. Uh, did you, I think we found out that there was like 50,000 cars every day drive by this place, and we're right here to spread the gospel and to share the love of God and the joy of God out into our city. Isn't that amazing? And, and that's the point of this place, not just to make us comfortable, not just to be like, oh, now we have our own space. We can put our name on a chair and die. No, this is a place that we want to fill with joy and let God move through and work in our midst. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I want to hear some amening today. I'm, I'm used to preaching to a camera and I'm happy to preach to the folks on the camera, but I also want to hear the folks here and on live stream saying amen. Uh, we're excited to be that city on a hill. And that's why God has placed us in this place. But you know, names really do matter. And what's the name of our church? Joy. Joy. That's right. Joy Church. And that's something that we aspire to. You ever have somebody recommend something to you and they've been less than enthused? It's like, yeah, there's this new place over here. It's a hamburger place. Eh, it's okay, I guess. How many of you know that's not really selling the, the thing, right? 
And this is how many people are who are followers of Jesus. They oftentimes have, they don't have the joy of the Lord. And so how are you going to make an impact if you're not actually excited? Hey, you can come to my church, I guess. No, we want to be filled with joy, overflowing, having that fullness of joy and live up to our name uh, of Joy Church. So how are we going to do this? How is God going to change the city? It's through us being joy, living that joy out, sharing that joy out. And that's why this series is called We Are Joy. Come on, guys. We are joy. We're called to be a difference maker. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but 2020 has been a little bit of a hard year for a few people. Anybody notice that? How many of you, when the fire started and all the smoke was going on, it was kind of like, are we in Revelations? <laughs> Whoever needs to repent, do so now because we're done. Now, pandemic is tough. I understand. Global pandemic, you know, that's a big deal. It is. Uh, wildfire, smoke, all that, very big deal. For me, the emotional straw that broke the camel's back was Pac-12 football being canceled. I was like, man, we can soldier through, you know, pandemic. We're going to make it. There's political and social unrest. Like, we're going to get through this. When they were like, no football season, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I quit. I give up. How many of you have ever had any days like this? Okay. Well, I don't know if you've heard, but they're talking about the fact that October 31st, we might actually play some games. So nobody do anything wrong. No sinning until this point, right? That was a nervous laugh, but yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> nobody messed this up, right? 2020 has been a little bit of a, of a tough year. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there isn't like this overflowing amount of joy being exhibited on social media, right? Anybody notice this? There's a lot of hostility. There's crisis. People are upset. There's anger. There's division. And that's just me looking at your social media accounts, people in the church. <laughs> then out in the world, you know what I mean? It's even more so. I'm just having fun. But in the world, it's not like people are just like, man, best year of my life, 2020. Woo, let's do this again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody wants to ride this merry-go-round again. Everybody's like, get me off, get me to the next year, right? You with me? But in the midst of that, in the midst of great darkness, in the midst of, of, of all that's going on, a people that say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to the joy of the Lord and I'm going to be joy in the city has an opportunity to make a tremendous impact. You know, when you're a Christian, you don't have to be the kite on the end of the string of circumstances just going and being blown with the wind, right? You actually can be drawing from a source of supernatural joy, supernatural strength, having the joy of the Lord as your strength, and you can be a light in the city, even in the midst of circumstances. One of my favorite old dead British guys who's really smart named G.K. Chesterton. Believe it or not, I don't have a C.S. Lewis quote for you today. Yeah, I know. People are like shocked and amazed. How could, we, how could we inaugurate this building? I'm sure someone quoted him and put it on a wall somewhere. But another dead British guy who also is very intelligent, G.K. Chesterton said this, happiness depends on what happens, but joy is a different matter. Amen. Happiness is about, do we get to play football? Do we get to not be breathing smoke? Do we get to not have to wear masks? Happiness is about circumstances. And if your happiness, if your joy, if your life is tied to circumstances, then you just get to get moved around in the wind. But joy is an entirely different matter because joy goes beyond circumstances. Joy goes beyond, am I happy or unhappy? Joy is a different matter. So when we talk about us being here for purpose and what God has called us to do, how is God going to change our city? And I'm saying it for the people in the back and the people on live stream, right? He's going to change this city through joy. Amen. 
by a people and a church that so embraces this call that even in the midst of going through hard things and going through difficulty, we say we are joy and God's going to bring change to this city. Be a light in this place. There was a man named Messina. He was one of Napoleon Bonaparte's generals. And suddenly he appeared with 18,000 men before an Austrian town which had no means of defense. The town council had nearly decided to surrender when the old dean of the church reminded them that it was Easter and begged them to hold services as usual and to just leave the trouble in God's hands. So they agreed to that, and that's what they did. And when the French heard the church bells ringing joyfully, they thought that an Austrian army had come to relieve the place and quickly broke camp. Before the bells ceased ringing, all the Frenchmen had vanished. Because we know the French are really good at that, right? Running away in the middle. I'm just teasing. I'm having fun. I'm offending the French people in the midst. First service laughed at that. You guys were like, not so much. But we'll see how 7 o'clock service does. All the Frenchmen had vanished. The incident has often been duplicated in individual lives. They have rung the joy bells in the face of pain and sickness and poverty and fear and loneliness and pandemic and losing out on college football and wildfires and hurricanes. They've rung the joy bells in the face of that and other trials. Then the joy bells have conquered. Speedily the foe has slunk away. Speedily the bell ringers have found themselves in possession of the field for no enemy is quite as strong as faith accompanied with good cheer. What are we doing today? We're ringing the bells. No, we didn't put any bells on the church. We can't afford that. We, have, we wanted to put toilets in. How many of you vote for toilets rather than bells? Yeah, but we're ringing those bells of joy. We're here worshiping God. We're here sacrificing, building, putting something together, saying, you know what? God has more for the city than just destruction. God has more for the city. When we were getting ready to, getting ready to plant Joy Church, I would have different people would say, oh, Eugene, that's such a hard area. Oh, what a hard place. I'm like, no, we got them surrounded. Because how many of you know, you plus God on the inside, you plus the joy of the Lord is your strength, you always have the enemy outnumbered. And so we're ringing the bells. Come on, we're ringing the joy bells. Man, the best, the best day without Jesus isn't as good as the worst day with Jesus. There's something about having that life on the inside to be able to boldly say, I'm saved, I'm redeemed. Jesus has saved my life. He's put joy in my heart, even in the midst of circumstances. We are joy. This is what we're about, you guys. And so we're ringing those bells. Come on, that's what this church is all about. So what does it mean to be joy and how can we live this out practically? This morning, I want to give you three things, three, three things that we can hold on to and apply this message in our lives. Number one, we can find joy. We find joy in the presence of the Lord. We played that little piece from our next track video. That was Ed uh, Dasso. He's here today. Ed and I were, were driving out to Junction City and we were, getting, we were making the next track videos and you know, that was the place where Bethany and I were driving. So we filmed that little video right there that you saw in that same road. And just talking about what was in our heart and what, what the vision was of Joy Church. And if you heard in the video, and this is our value, that we are directed and sustained by the presence of God. We didn't build this building because we read some playbook, Church Planting 101, in three years. You start in your living room, then you go to a community center, then you go to a movie theater, and after your feet get unstuck from all the pop on the floor, then you, next after that, you buy an old defunct skating rink. Like, there's no playbook, guys. 
You might think, man, our strategy is so devised. No, our strategy is God, help us, right? Our strategy is Lord, teach us, lead us, give us, give us guidance. We, we, we depend upon the presence of God. Isn't it awesome how when you follow God, you look really smart in hindsight, but you know, no, 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 no. I was just following the fire in the cloud. I was following the presence of God. Our life, our strength, what we're about, our identity, our DNA is the presence of God. Come on, we're not going to strategize our way into success and strategize our way into reaching the city. It's not coming from our giftedness or our awesomeness or whatever, or our lack thereof. We're saying, God, you show up and we're going to do what you have us to do. God, you show up in the atmosphere and we believe that by your presence, you're going to do great things. Come on, I'm preaching really good. And your amens are down here. Preaching's up here. Come on, bring it up a little bit. I want to hear the people on live stream. Come on, shout it out in your, in your place right there. Scare grandma sleeping in the corner. Come on, wake somebody up today. We're directed and sustained by the presence of God. Listen to what it says in Psalms chapter 16. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. How are we going to change the city? How is God going to change the city of Eugene and Springfield? It's going to come from fullness of joy. I'm talking Ducks score the last touchdown and Autzen beating the Huskies. How you high five strangers, spill your beer, yell, hug total strangers. That kind of joy. Fullness of joy. Come on. The kind of joy that spills on people. They're like, you got that all over me. That's right. Fullness of joy. This is what comes. And you go, man, I have I haven't felt fullness of joy this year. No, because of circumstances. But when you are in the presence of God, he can fill you from the inside out. As a Christian, you don't have to be dry, depressed, discouraged, and addicted. You can be free in Jesus. Come on, you can be full of joy even in the midst of circumstances. Even when things are going the wrong way for you, you can be full of joy. We find joy in the presence of the Lord. That's what we are about as a people. If you come to Joy Church, you're not just going to find a church that's like, hey, we just got like two songs and like a, a sermonette for Christianettes and we give you an encouraging message and then we, you know, send you out into the city to go live your way. No, like we're all about this. Come on, somebody. You ever had ribs before? I'm not talking like, like go to like Applebee's ribs. I'm talking about like ribs or somebody's uncle that has like a secret recipe. You know what I mean? And his, his middle name is Bubba. Like that's what I'm talking about. I was at Jen Franklin's house and her dad, Dennis, makes ribs, like, right? Your family, real ribs. And Aaron Martinez and I were eating them and Aaron had it in his eyebrows. We had it everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Fullness of joy where you're getting into it and it's all over you and nobody, you can't hide it. People are like, that's a Christian. They're weird. That person, how, how are you so happy? One of the ladies in our church was sharing with me that she was at the dentist getting surgery you no, know, at the doctors getting, and they, getting a surgery, and they were like, why do you smile so much? And she's like, well, <laughs> I'm happy to be here, you know? And they're like, why? Well, because I'm going to get help, you know? And, and she had joy, and the lady literally told her, she shared with her her faith. Later, she said, uh, the, the person said to her when she came back, that changed my life. Wow. That's amazing. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Wade. One person claps. One Christian in the whole church today. <laughs> Fullness of joy it comes from the presence of the Lord. We know that true joy is only found in Jesus. I just want to challenge us as a church to embrace our daily time of being in the presence of Jesus. Amen. Every day to grab your Bible and get in and read it. Does every day feel like, woo, I get to read my Bible? No, but that's where joy comes from. 
Does every day feel like, yes, I get to pray? No, it doesn't feel that way, but we're not talking about walking by feeling. We're talking about walking by faith and pressing into the presence of God. Why? Because we find joy in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, that's where there is fullness of joy, only in the presence of Jesus. So I challenge us as a church to embrace our calling to every day as followers of Jesus, get into the word. Whenever somebody falls away from the Lord, it's like the old farmer whose wife says to him, hey, Earl, why don't we sit close together anymore in the truck? And he says, I didn't move. Come on. Some people are getting it. More and more and more. It's sticking, right? Because we, we scoot away, don't we? And we go, I don't, I don't know why I feel far from God. Why is God so far away from me? God didn't move. Did his faithful love that endures forever stop enduring? No. Did his fullness of joy that's available in the presence of Jesus stop flowing? No. Did the river of living water that Jesus promised that would flow out of our bellies stop flowing? No. So what is the issue here? We stop tapping in to the presence of Jesus. And so we need to continue, just continue, just remain, be sustained in the presence of God. And then when we get to come together in the gathering whether there's 10 of us, 50 of us, whether we have masks or whether somebody ties us up in strings or whatever anyone makes us do, whenever we come together, we should worship and fill this room with the sound of praise. The shout of the king is among the people of God. There should be such a, a, an anthem of praise, a, a fire, a passion to worship God. Come on. How many of you are like, you know what? I'm not gonna be sad about going to church on Sunday, right? So there were, there were days where... Because things just get familiar, don't they? You just kind of get used to things. And it was like, oh, we go to church on Sunday and it's always open and we can go to the theater and everything's just sort of casual. And then all of a sudden it gets limited and, and you have to like register, you know what I mean? And it gets kind of scarce and all of a sudden you realize, wow, what an honor it is to be in the presence of God, to come together with the people of God. How awesome is it? And yes, we love doing live stream and I don't want to make it seem like anybody that didn't get in today, like you missed out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for all of us, we want to take it seriously when we are gathered together. And even if you're on live stream, we want to just worship God with abandon. We find joy in his presence in Jesus' name. Number two, we find joy in our love for one another. We find joy in our love for one another. Jesus said in John Verse, in uh, chapter 13, verse 35, to his disciples, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What is Joy Church about? We're about being directed and sustained by the presence of God. But the presence of God that doesn't manifest in actual love and community and fellowship and a place that people can come and find a, a seat at the table, regardless of your past, regardless of your present, come on, regardless of what's going on, that you can come and belong and come to Jesus and sit at the table and eat of the goodness of God, take part in it. That's what we're about. You know, early on, if you don't know the story of Joy Church, we didn't always have this beautiful 26,000 foot, you know, building. We started in a living room. There were 20 of us. We didn't have any money. Kids Church was in the garage. Not a fancy thing. It was actually a garage with oil stains. And we had a trampoline and a $25 yard sale table down there, right? Yeah. You know, that's, where, that's what we started, but we loved each other. We had the most butt-ugly chairs that came from our, our mother church, you know? We're like, hey, can you guys help us out? And they're like, sure, we gave you these chairs that are death traps that will, <laughs> they're basically sin detectors. If you did anything wrong that week, the chair will actually suck you into hell. And you thought you were in hell when you were sitting on one, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll buy you lunch, Dad. How about that? Yeah, make up for it. 
that I owe him. Yeah, I owe, him, I owe you a lot more lunches than, than just one. But you know what we had? And you know what we have? Love for each other, family, connection, community. When we were at the, at the Hilliard Community Center, we were meeting and and uh, I remember different phrases and us talking in staff meetings and different things and, and, and building the church. And we said, hmm, okay, we don't have the best preaching because, Jake, you're preaching, so we know that. And, and uh, when Bethany preaches, it goes up. But when you're preaching, it's, you know, some, some time, he, he, he gets a base hit every once in a while, you know. Uh, we don't have the best sound system. We actually didn't even have a sound system. We had a cajon and some guitars and an $18 Amazon lapel mic to record services. We didn't have anything. We didn't have a building. We, didn't, we had one kid's class for all the kids. There was like 18 to, you know, zero to 18 in there, right? Every age group uh, would not pass COVID-19 uh, protocols. Let's just say that. Everybody squished together. But you know what we said? We said, you know what? We don't have any advantages. We don't got music. We don't got the preaching. We don't got fancy stuff. We don't have a building. We don't have anything. But you know what we can do? We can be the nicest church in town. We can be the most loving. When people come in here, we can make it like cheers where everybody knows your name. When you walk in the doors, you're not going to just be like a number. You're a name. You're a face. You're somebody that matters. And that culture and that spirit is who we are. Even when we're a church of 5,000, it's going to be the same because it's our DNA, because we are joy. And we find love. We find joy in our love for one another. We want to exemplify that. Come on, guys. We don't ever want to lose that. You know, how, how cool is it to be in a big church, I mean, we're, we're a big church and a growing church and God is doing great things, but man, we're going to grow so much more, not because again of strategy and how awesome we are or that, or even having a building. No, you know why people want to go to a church? Because it feels good, because they feel the love, they feel the atmosphere and they feel like the forgiveness of God, all of that. And we find joy in that love for one another. God has called us to be that in Jesus name. It's who we are. And then number three Last but certainly not least, we find joy in the work of the kingdom, doing the work of the ministry. A couple weeks ago, I shared from Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about the fivefold ministry gifts the pastors, prophets, apostles, teachers, and evangelists that are called, they're given as a gift to the body of Christ, the church. And it says their, their job, their role is to equip the saints, okay, to equip God's people to do the work of the ministry. Now, in America, over the past 100 years or so, we've kind of got this turned around where we look at the ministry team, the staff, the pastor, elders, the leaders, quote unquote, and oh, they're the ministry team. They're going to do the work of the ministry. That's backwards. No, my job is to be an equipper. What's happening right now is equipping you because you're the team on the field to do the work of the ministry. Come on. The work of the kingdom. I didn't hear any amens, but um, it's still true, even when you don't amen. The, the ministry gifts are given as a gift to the church to equip the church to actually do the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? To follow what Jesus said and to go into all the world and make disciples. To go find people that do not have hope and joy and life in Jesus and say, let me share my life with you. Let me walk with you and help you walk towards Jesus. I'm not the answer, but I know who he is. Come on. I don't have love and grace and goodness and all the, the fullness of joy to give to you. Uh, all I can do is be a reflection, but I want to show you who it is. I want to bring you to Jesus. Like the woman in John chapter 4 that ran into the city said, let me tell you about the man who told me everything I, that, about me. And, he, and she brought people to Jesus. And we find joy in doing this work of the kingdom. Listen what Jesus said in John chapter four. He'd had this conversation with this lady. We talked about this a couple weeks ago in church. 
And it says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And they're like, do we get a Chick-fil-A in this town? Do we didn't know about it? Do we get a, a Raising Cane's here and we don't know? No, it wasn't what it was. He says, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And so they start asking. They said, did someone bring him food while we were gone? But Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Jesus was fed and fueled, not by consumption, but by contribution. His, His work, doing what God had called him to do, discovering his mission and vision in life and embracing his place as part of the team. And you go, well, Jesus is the leader, absolutely, but he had a role to play. His, his, his mission upon this planet when he was here, living as a man, walking among us, right? He found his God-given mission and vision in life and he put it into action and it fueled him and fed him. Let me just tell you right now, when you're not fed and fueled by consumption, but rather by contribution, because you're consuming from the presence of God and you're consuming from the love of the fellowship of believers and you're at joy group and you're getting, you're talking about, man, I'm struggling with this and I got prayer and I got brothers and sisters that are helping me and we love each other and I'm safe and I'm in relationship and I'm getting fed and I come to church and I get equipped. Then all of a sudden you get unleashed to be the body of Christ, to do the work of the ministry and you find your place in the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden people are like, how do you have so much joy? Why are you always smiling? because I have food you know not about, because I am fueled by purpose. I am fueled by doing the work of the kingdom. Let me just tell you right now, there's a lot of discouraged, dissatisfied people in in our culture. Maybe you've been one of them, but you will not be dissatisfied when you drink deeply of the well of the spirit of God every single day, when you are in fellowship with other believers and when you get unlocked and unleashed to be the person that God has called you to be. Come on, when you're on a winning team, yeah. When you're part of a winning team, it's incredibly motivating. My dad was my soccer coach for, all, for a bunch of years and we, we just didn't lose. It like wasn't even an option. There was like one option to win, right? And we'd show up on the field and he would yell at us like 12 and 13 year old kids wearing our you know, reversible cool jerseys, right? And uh, he'd say, whose field is this? Our field. Whose ball is this? Our ball. Who's gonna be more tired today? The losing team. Let me tell you right now, when you're scoring goals, you aren't tired. People, oh, I'm so, I'm so weary in my faith. I'm just on this journey with Jesus and I'm, I'm weary. Can I tell you, when you're scoring touchdown after touchdown on the Huskies, nobody's tired. Everybody wants to be in the game. Come on, in the kingdom of God, when you are unlocked in your gifts and abilities and talents to serve and win people to Jesus and you're praying for people and sick are being, uh, being healed and you're casting out demons, come on, and you're going into, into businesses and people are like, what? why do you always smile? and you're telling people about Jesus, when you have people in your home and you're helping people, when you're rescuing people out of of poverty, you're helping, come on, when you're unlocked in who God's called you to be, you are fueled and you have this fullness of joy coming from the inside out. We find joy in the work of the kingdom. God wants to unlock you, unleash you, release you into who he's called you to be. You go, well, man, I don't have, Jake, I can't preach. I, I don't, I don't, that's not, maybe that's not your role, but God has something for you. Well, I can't, I can't do this. Can you make popcorn? Can you invite people to your house? Can you smile? Because it can make a difference in people's lives. And God has put something in you. There is potential in every person. Do not discount the handiwork of the most amazing creator. 
who formed and fashioned you in your mother's womb, who knows you, who knows everything about you, who made you go, I don't like how I'm wired. I don't like how I'm made. Do not criticize the maestro. Do not criticize the handiwork of God. You simply have not discovered the potential and the possibility of what God can do through your life. But I guarantee you, even if you've never realized it up to this point, God has purpose for you and you can be fueled and fed by the work of the kingdom as you discover who God's called you to be and you get unlocked and unleashed in it. And it doesn't mean just serving inside the church. No, it means serving as the church in the world. What we do on Sundays to come and serve and dream team and all that, that's part of it. That's great. But it's really about being the dream team out in the city, out in the world. We find joy in the presence of God. We find joy in our love for one another and we find joy in the work of the kingdom. I wanna leave you with this story as we finish today. This comes from the third century. So this is an an ancient times, you know, uh, thousands of years ago. It says, as a third century man was anticipating his death, he penned these last words to a friend. And this is what he wrote. It's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. How many of you go, man, that... Seems like 2020 would fit here. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians, and I am one of them. Come on, somebody. It, it's a bad world. It's tough. There's fires. There's pandemic. There's political upheaval. There's unrest. We are joy. I'm discouraged. I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't feel God anymore. We are joy. I don't think I can keep going. My husband left me with the kids. We are joy. I don't think I can do it. I don't have the gifts and call. I don't know. I can't preach. I can't do that. We are joy. Come on, say it with me. We are joy. God put us here in this city for a reason, not just to be another church. God put us here for a reason. We are joy. Are you encouraged today? Do you believe that God can do incredible things through your life beyond what you can ask, think, or imagine? You don't even have to feel it. You just have to agree with his word. Come on. You don't even have to believe it 100%. You just need to agree with what God says and what he thinks about you. Come on, somebody. We are joy. Stand up with me this morning. Father God, we come before you in prayer. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. God, that we get to count ourselves as your people. We get to come and sit at your table and drink deeply of your goodness. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you brought us to this place. We're here in our new building and we're excited about that. And this place is a temple where we can worship you and it's a tool that's gonna be used to reach the city. But I pray today, beyond anything, we would embrace who we are, who we're called to be. We are joy, the hands and feet of Jesus to serve people in this community. We are the light of the world. We are a city upon a hill that cannot be hidden. We are the salt of the, of the earth. We are here to make a difference. God, you can use every one of us to do great things. You can use every one of us to do small things, but we together are joy, and we're here to bring joy to this city. Lord, I pray for every man, woman, and child that's here today and those on live stream joining in. I know it's been a hard year, a discouraging year. Times have been tough, but Lord, right now, I pray for just a wave of your Holy Spirit to wash into every heart, to lift, Lord, every head 
to bring encouragement. God, you're so good. We taste and see today that you are good. And we embrace this calling. We are joy. In Jesus' name, amen. You can grab a seat real quick. This morning, you know, every week we, we give an opportunity for any person that wants to put their faith and trust in Jesus. We got people here in the room. And if you're watching today on live stream, I just want to say that God is speaking to you. Uh, you don't have to be in the room to participate and, and be a part of what God wants to do. And every single Sunday, there are people that come to church looking for hope, looking for life, looking for salvation. Maybe you don't even know what you're looking for, but who you're really looking for is Jesus who gave his life for you. He died on the cross for your sins to pay for, it, for, for your sins and mine to reconcile us with God. And all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. So if that's you today, whether you're on live stream, joining us today, even watching on a replay, or you're here in the room today, this is an opportunity. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Right now, if that's you, I just want to ask that you'd pray this prayer with me right now. Just repeat after me. And just with sincerity and intention, I just want you to put your faith and trust off yourself, off your own goodness or your badness or whatever, and put it on Jesus. Pray after me. Dear Jesus, I confess my sin to you today. I know that I have not lived up to your standard. And I've hurt you. I've hurt others. And I've even hurt myself because of my sin. But I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with God. Put my faith and trust in you and in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.